Root Insurance puts you in control. Root is a new type of car insurance that uses the sensors in your smartphone to look deeper than other insurers. Here's how it works. Download the Root app, hit the road, and we'll take care of the rest. The app measures your driving behavior, like turning and braking, and gives you a custom rate based primarily on your driving. The better you drive, the better your rate, meaning good drivers could save hundreds. Visit joinroot.com today to get started. Disclaimers may apply. See joinroot.com for details. Curious fuckers, we have some exciting updates and news. That's the oh BBC, like going in. Yeah, so we actually have our launch date for our Patreon. It is the 9th of. What month October. 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 I knew that. 9th of October, guys. So make sure on the 9th you go and check it out for that extra deliciously interesting, juicy. I don't want to say juicy because you always say juicy. But it is juicy. It's fucking juicy. It is fucking juicy. It's so juicy. It's like a watermelon. (laughs) We spill spill all the teas. All the teas. All the British teas. Yeah. Sticky, sweet tea. You're listening to Fucks Given, the one with Megara Fury. Hello, curious fuckers. I'm Reed. And I'm Florence. And together we're Come Curious. When we're not just fucking around on YouTube and Instagram. Every Thursday, we invite a new guest onto Fucks Given to talk about their best fucks, worst fucks, and the fucks that made them. We also answer your sex questions and read out your sex stories. So stay tuned as we divulge all the delicious details. Welcome. Hi. How you doing? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. I'm really good, actually. Um, things have been going very well when it comes to the the whole hypno thing. So I'm like tinkering with the other business end of people for a change. Oh, hypno. So good. Yeah, I've been doing hypnosis and NLP and life coaching and all these kind of things. So wow. just using. Yeah, it's, it's so much fun. So I'm just using all my experience as like a dominatrix who's used to dealing with people like all that kind of shame and stuff around their kinks and things um, and just helping people that are, you know, maybe struggling a little bit or if there's any addiction stuff going on because I've got experience of that as well. So, yeah, it's been good. Been that it. is so interesting. Like straight off the bat, like, domi- like being a dominatrix and a sex worker links so well with different types of therapies yeah yeah absolutely even since I was a dancer um most people think that as a dancer you're going to go in there and it's going to be like hyper sleazy guys trying to touch you and all that it's really not as guys want to tell you that they want you to tell them that they work too hard and they should take a day off and you know know, (laughs) I I think everyone likes to be told that especially by a sexy lady Yeah, you work sure. hard we should just go on holiday together that's what guys want to hear they don't care about anything else it's just yeah as a as a sex worker you always end up a therapist for people you know, i get told things that i'm sh- pretty sure people haven't told another soul in their life and never will and oh, um, so. i'll take that to my grave but it's nice it's nice being trusted in that way yeah Blimey. i mean so is that is that how you would introduce yourself like if if we were to say tell tell our listeners who you are would you follow that path? So I would say, like, first and foremost, um, I'm a dominatrix and I'm a, a secretary for a trade union branch for sex workers in Scotland. Oh, wow. Um, that's my two big things. Um, and then thirdly, I'm a, a hypnotherapist, a, an NLP practitioner and a life coach. Um, and I've actually come up with a whole, like, way of working like a whole methodology um, which has been so successful since I started it um, called the dominant mindset methods so it's taking I've learned and integrating them and, and creating like a, a bespoke plan for people to be able to to sort out whatever problems are coming up for them so oh that sounds so interesting so how tell us a little bit more as well about the union that you're a part of in Scotland so that came about when um, there was an MP down in, in London who decided that she wanted to try and bring in the Nordic model in Scotland or yes. in the whole UK. And I remember that. Yeah, so at that point, I thought my job's in danger. 
Um, mm-hmm. Even though even though I don't sell sex, it's still in danger because you know you open that floodgate and then everybody else topples. You know, it's like a domino effect that could happen. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, well, I'm already out there. Um, people already <laughs> very much know what I do. I've got nothing to hide, nothing to lose. Um, so where would I go if um, I needed to protect a, like a regular job? I would go and join a trade union to try and prevent redundancies yeah. and things. Um, that's when I approached GMB because I wanted a big name, like a big trusted name in, in the trade union scene, um, yeah. someone that's part of the TUC and the STUC Um what do those things stand for, by the way, for people that don't know? TUC is the is basically the, they're the governing bodies for all trade unions. So ah. the TUC and then the Scottish TUC, which is just basically just a big governing body. Um, yeah. MB are the only one who's gone against the grain because, as a whole, the the TUC t- adopt the um, they have adopted the the thing that all sex work is exploitative and it's violence against women. Mm. GMB are the yeah. only trade Apart from the kind of smaller fringe trade unions that are popping up just now, um, they're the only like mainstream one that are that have said no. Work, sex workers are workers, and they deserve the same protection as any other worker, which I thought was incredible. So that's amazing. GMB loyal, but yeah, <laughs> I I'm actually fully surprised that there are like just a general government trade union that is pro sex worker. That's like yeah. actually that's such a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they're just pro worker, full stop. You yeah. know, and they've got all the all the tools and everything that we need. We've got a film media team. We have like a social media team as well. Someone that organises and vets all journalists that come in, so that we make sure that we're not walking into traps. And they will yeah. like coach everybody. And they're like, it's, the support we've had has been incredible. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's been really really good. Awesome. Fuck number one. The last fuck. My last fuck was quite a while ago. Um, <laughs> lockdown has hit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my, it's really like uneventful. My last fuck was just literally two minutes. It lasted off the end of my bed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. I don't want to disappoint everyone, but yeah, that's that basically was it. And it was... It was extremely disappointing oh no. <laughs> so I hate that that's I, not one to go out on <laughs> no because the thing is you can have a really great two minute fuck when you both come really quick and you're like whoa but yeah if you're if you're dissatisfied then yeah that's quite disappointing yeah it was um i, I mean i don't think either of us were that satisfied with it oh, <laughs> no <laughs> well I'm so sorry I'm like yeah it's fine like, <laughs> how has it been um how has it been through uh lockdown as well and not having any sexual activity whilst I guess still having a job that is sex related but without you know for me like sex is a very psychological thing like you know, the physical part of it is obviously important and stuff, but for me, like, the psychological thing has to be there or I don't enjoy the physical side. So mm. you know, getting to do a lot of the stuff that I do at work and especially, like, you know, still chatting to people online and, and doing bits there, um, yeah. it still kind of tickles that little um, psychological side of it. So I still feel like I'm involved and I have, like, I suppose I kind of warped version of a sex life. (laughs) A virtual sex life. Maybe that's your Um, last fuck, though. Maybe that is your last fuck, like a virtual (laughs) video fuck. Yeah. um, You know, the clients that I get coming in, there's obviously a very strong boundary there. And the minute any sort of money changes hands, that changes things for me. But yeah. but I like that kind of that the creativity of what I do and, and that's like a big big thing and I, I I like to have that in my own sex life as well as just having that creative part and having that kind of um kind of living out some things that I've got maybe stored up in, in my own mind that I want to I want to do so it's cool. How has it been like during uh lockdown being a dominatrix have you been like working around that virtually? So yeah, my dun- my dungeon closed. Um, yeah, 
lockdown hit and I'm in a you know I went into panic mode because I'm I'm not really an online person and mm-hmm. um, I do my social media and things but you know cam work and stuff is something I've always just been like I'd rather just not have money <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so, so I just uh, I was kind of kind of forced to look at that and to widen my perspective a little bit and go okay why are you uncomfortable with this what is it about this um and I think it was part of it was the money was like two pounds a minute doesn't sound that much you Mm. know when you take off all of the different costs and stuff like the commission for the company and everything else and then I thought well you know you're going to need eight. it's either two pound a minute or it's nothing lady so mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, myself, um I started doing only fans and really ramped that up um admire me as well and then yeah. the thing that I've found with doing cam work I've been doing it on uh, adult work is I can't I was really surprised that I can't see the person that I'm talking to and I'm such a visual person ah. see if I can't see you and I can't see your expressions if there's like silence, I'll fill that silence with my own thoughts and go, maybe they actually hate me. Maybe I should have worn something else. <laughs> like sometimes those kind of insecurities were coming in when I was, because oh, I was really aware of it. Mm. You, you do go through it on webcam because if somebody logs mm. off or they don't want to speak mm. to you anymore, you instantly relay that back onto yourself on what you've done and you think it's your your fault rather than just thinking like, oh, maybe the postman just arrived or is you know his kid just came into the room or like he, he lost internet connection mm-hmm. um you have to really get yourself out of that mindset when it is when you are doing webcam work and Absolutely. and truly not believe that it's you that's t- making them log off or they just came quick you know and they're like oh done i'm good like, oh <laughs> <laughs> see ya yeah. so like i think that was kind of a bit odd for me um especially when on adult work there's a 20 second delay and you've got like old man bob one finger typing back to you and i'm yeah. like are they even are they gone are they still <laughs> always waiting for the kitchen and they're gone kind of thing yeah so, yeah. yeah fuck number two the best fuck my best fuck okay so I like spontaneity. I like like new things happening and, and stuff, things that I don't expect. And yeah. I was on holiday with a friend and um, we ended up meeting this like Italian guy, just random Italian guy. She quite fancied him, I quite fancied him and <laughs> we were very, very drunk. And then um, <laughs> we decided, and I was like, okay, well, we'll share then. <laughs> um, this guy's got no idea that any of this conversation's going on he's just standing just being just existing and <laughs> making all these like wild plans for him but anyway so we <laughs> ended up talking to him and I mean she was really beautiful and you know I, I was no bad looking myself so <laughs> the thought never really we were young in our 20s and the thought never really crossed our mind that there would be any form of rejection <laughs> so yeah. we, you know when you're young and you're just like I'll I'll have him like (laughs) yeah I love that it's like that confidence (laughs) so yeah so we we ended up approaching him and it it just ended up this kind of like wild night and we made this pact that we would keep our red high heels on the whole time no matter what oh my god that's hilarious oh my gosh we also had a couple of other rules for ourselves so one of the rules he couldn't really speak much English so we were discussing all this and he's just like smiling and nodding along like a real good himbo and um her and I are just like right so what do we do when, when one of us is bored and I was like I don't know well what we could do is we could shout bail bail and, and just <laughs> it's like like in the plane when it's like if you hear brace brace put your hands over your head like we need to we need to do something that's so we know each other's came and I was like right okay and then she says, right, you have to shout. Because we were, like, giving each other dares and stuff as well. She's like, <laughs> oh, my God. If you, if you come, you need to shout, fuck's sake, fucking bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So, so there's all that. So he came up, and we didn't realise he was super camp as well. So he's just, like, <laughs> in the room, just, like, thinking he's God. And then, oh, God. 
his pants coming off and everything and he was just like he was just he didn't know what was going on because her and I like one of us was on his face another one was on his dick and we were like high-fiving in the middle oh, yes. <laughs> like I towered him it's like the, the male reverse totally so we were <laughs> such little men that night it was so much so much fun mm-hmm. um, and it definitely just stands out as like one of the most hilarious nights of my life and you know like I remember his name was Silvio. That's all I remember. Silvio. <laughs> when we, so she shouted Bell Bell. She was the one that shouted it because she was just like, I'm done now. Um, so I just <laughs> immediately just hopped off him and I was like, goodbye. <laughs> just yeah, like, bye. No. And I'm like, he was just like, what? And I'm like, get out. You have to go now. And he, just, <laughs> he just shut the door and we were just, I jumped on the bed and we were just lying back like that was hilarious and, uh, and that was it, it was just meant to sleep so it was cool. That oh, sounds so good. <laughs> he was probably like, just about to bust a nut and then he was like what? Did he come? Uh, no he didn't. <laughs> oh the poor guy. Silvio we feel for you. Then blue balls. Oh. <laughs> oh my god that's actually true. He would have had the biggest blue balls. Yeah. And, that and they're really they're really painful, yeah. especially if he was that turned blue. on. <laughs> I hope they're still blue to this day. But yeah. <laughs> That's the dominatrix yeah, in you saying that. You're like, mm, yeah, be blue, be in agony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you did you like do sexual things with this friend, or was this like the first time that you ever did anything like that together? That was the. First and only time that we did that. Um, mm. But we had other little dares that we threw in there as well. It was June and I dared her <laughs> to, put, <laughs> to put his balls in her mouth and have my Christmas carol. Oh my God, a Christmas carol. <laughs> he must have just been like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> she started humming and like it took a minute for him to kind of click to what she was humming and he's just looking at her. <laughs> What is she doing? There's probably some like very traumatized um, Sicilian guy just walking about. Yeah. Like, afraid to afraid of red shoes. Yeah. Oh. oh my god, he probably has something <laughs> to do with red shoes now. You need to reach out to him, do some like you know therapeutic trauma resistant hip oh, on him. Need it. I think you'll definitely need that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he didn't feel like there was any lack of consent, though. He was absolutely diving straight in there. I think yeah. there was more of like, just a confusion for him. Like, yeah. What well, would have yeah. been the language barrier? Like, <laughs> why the jingle bells? Is this a thing in Scotland? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, probably Scottish like, ladies are yeah. crazy. Terrified of Scottish <laughs> women. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was hilarious. That was my best one. Fuck number three. The fantasy fuck. I've had to think long and hard about this. And mm. what would I want? Because most of the stuff that I've ever wanted to tick off, I've already ticked off. Oh. So, like, you know, all the kink stuff that I've I've had my own dungeon for what, ten years now? Yeah. And you know, I've done I've done most of the things that I've ever wanted to do, but so I think it'd probably be something just very like normal. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, some I've done most things, but I just like that kind of. So I've got quite a busy mind. I'm constantly like I'm running two businesses. I'm constantly thinking up like what's the next thing that I need to do? What sessions have I got to plan? I need to come up with metaphors for doing the hypnotherapy and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, just having that ability to just switch off and just get lost and fuck you know just kind of mm, like right oh and and quieting the mind down a little bit because yeah. I'm always I'm always switched on like and it takes a lot for me to kind of like quieten down that 100 mile in our brain so yeah that that even though it sounds pretty conservative is the kind of that's the fantasy for me it's <laughs> let fucking go so yeah do you would you ever like completely switch because obviously you're a dominatrix would with because I feel like if you switch that's when you could like properly turn off see I wouldn't 
Well, that that's on one. That's my next one of the ones that. Oh, oh it's coming! <laughs> it's coming! Um, so the switching thing, I've tried, and I know it's not for me. Oh, really? The what I like is just the. What I'd like to do is just have everything all kind of mapped out, have complete and utter free reign so yeah. that I can just get lost in whatever I'm doing and I don't have to, you know, I can be spontaneous and I can mm. do loads of different things and I know that the person, you know, we've, we've spoke about it loads. I know that they're definitely into all of the things that I've got planned for them and I don't have to, like, yeah. worry or check in. Like, that would be the fantasy, like, just that- having complete free reign. That does sound like the ideal fuck though, right? Like yeah. having someone that that's that good at communication, like that spiritual connection where you can just fully get like lost in each other. That yeah. is the dream. Like that if you find absolutely. that, that is the dream. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Read your face is like, uh, <laughs> is it the dream? I don't need that spiritual connection to just have a great fuck. I <laughs> <laughs> I guess the, the spiritual thing I could is somebody that I would say is would be more of like a partner level. But I think yeah. I could have that kind of absolute trust with someone without having to like mm. a relationship or have that kind of any more any more than a kind of meaningful connection, you know. It needs to just be that kind of I trust you that you're not gonna hurt me in or in any way that I don't want to be hurt. Yeah. yeah. You know, I trust that you've got my best interests at heart, and and we've spoke. You know, I really enjoy being able to speak so openly with someone about sex. Like that's a yeah. massive thing for me, and that again ticks off that psychological side. Mm. It ticks off that box, which is lovely. So, and this is you mainly mainly doing stuff to a partner, not not the other way around. Yeah. Uh huh. And I, I love I love having total free reign to do that and just to oh. just, yeah I really really enjoy that um, you and sound I guess like that's great lay <laughs> like a real great giving <laughs> lay <laughs> yeah, oh do you, do you think you're a giver then definitely then a receiver hundred percent giver like mm. I love giving and and people get that mixed up when it comes to domination because really. If you look at if you want to strictly define dominant or submissive, I'm only doing the things that people ask me to do. So who mm-hmm. then is the submissive really in that? Because I'm just following yeah. the directions from someone else. Yeah. Um, but I just do it in my own dominant way, in my own spin, in my own creativity. So um so yeah, it's just I'm definitely a giver. And I think that as a you know, I, I feel like a lot of subs that I've had in the past have been super self-indulgent like there's very few that are true slaves where it's all about the mistress most of them are subs rather than slaves and subs are people that are like well you can do this but I only want to run with that thing and I only yeah. want to time and and if you and please don't say this word or that word or then you know all of that stuff yeah um mm-hmm. so me for me I guess if you know to put it in just a few words my fantasy thought would be having a true slave yes just like fucking I'm I'm just your meat puppet <laughs> uh, <laughs> what could you tell us one thing that you would do to them oh right okay so <laughs> so there's loads of things like I think definitely loads of CBT. I love the whole um, chastity thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, cuckolding. Um, yes. I love pegging. I think pegging's like the best thing. But so many guys like just don't, they're not into it. They're just mm-hmm. like, don't up my bum, make me gay. And I'm like, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> it won't. <laughs> oh, I'm a guy. Of course I'm not. Like, so fucking just shut up and take my big rubber dick. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm really, I'm into like big sort of like big silly himbos, you know, the guys that are just like Yeah, we love a himbo. They're just like running about with their muscles and big dick and they're just like, oh okay, I'll just do whatever and I'm like, Yes, yes you will. <laughs> I thought this was a word that Reed made up the other day. I didn't realise it was something that everyone yeah, used. This is a this is an advert from BetterHelp Therapy Online. 
This is an ad from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get like... Just fill out. <clears throat> Why is it so hard to do? I'm like looking that way. I can't do this. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety <laughs> of expertise. <clears throat> with over a thousand, with over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Do you know I need to say that again? This episode is sponsored by Beducated. As you all know, I've been on a little bit of a celibacy journey, <laughs> meaning I haven't had sex in over a month. So I've been looking into how I can experience more pleasure with my solo sex. And this is where Beducated comes in because they have all the courses that I need to learn how to do like sensual reawakening with my vulva and tantric massage. And also I saw a course on there about learning how to dirty talk. I know this is completely not relevant, but <laughs> I'm really intrigued. No, it's all relevant. Beducated is this really amazing website where you can sign up to do courses and learn about sex like dirty talking. I've been doing a squirting course. <gasps> oh, wow. So... In all spirit of masturbation, May, we're sharing Beducated with you. Yes. I mean, what's not better in masturbation, May, to actually take the time to focus on yourself and your own pleasure and masturbate. And it's literally good for you. It releases all your happy hormones and reduces stress. There's literally no reason not to masturbate. So Florence, what have you been learning in your course? I've been learning techniques that I have never tried before when it comes to masturbation. Which areas are more sensitive and which bits turn me on more? The technique thing has been blowing my mind, like the way that the language is used and, you know, it's it's people just like us teaching. It's not, I don't know, it's not someone sitting there in a lab coat. It's people who have had these experiences. I was learning from Lola Jean. She's like the squirt queen, right? And the way that she talks about even just like not going straight into G-spot stimulation, she's explaining everything that you know, if you have an oversensitive G-spot, you might not want to go in with direct penetration. You want to explore and give pleasure to your G-spot externally, you know, not necessarily on the clitoris. Yes. I feel like if I keep going and I keep practice with this, I will be able to squirt. And if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can try Beducated with 50% off the yearly pass with our coupon code COMECURIOUS. That's C-O-M-E curious don't say we don't look after you and of course you can try all beducated courses for one day absolutely free and you won't be charged for the first 24 hours you can cancel any time and they have a 14 day money back guarantee so invest in your love life today and join beducated now from just $8.33 per month. Get access to over 100 courses online from the world's top experts. To get on Beducated now, click the link in the description and remember to use our coupon code COMECURIOUS. That's C-O-M-E, CURIOUS. Invest in your solo pleasure this masturbation may or use it with a partner. You can also get a personalised Beducated gift card for your loved ones. Happy wanking! We wanted to tell you about our Patreon. We just wanted to say that we're independent and this is a really good way for independent podcasts to fund themselves. You can find all the links to the right stuffs in the show notes, in the description, and of course on our social media, on our little link tree. So yeah, check it out and 
Come say hi. Flying around, man. It's the new word. It's basically the the male version of a bimbo. But himbo is like yeah. generally a, a nice, sweet guy who looks after his granny, but is like big and quite dumb. It's quite like a... Yeah, like like bimbo. It's like, it's a it's a stereotypical word, you know. It's not necessarily a compliment, but it, yeah, it's a stereotype for sure. It's like bimbo. You think of a bimbo being like a stupid girl who's like only into sex. It's kind of the same. Himbo. Mm. Fuck number four. The what the fuck? Well. <laughs> I was, oh, how old was I now? About 19, I think, 18 or 19. And there was this guy that I'd fancied for so long, like ages and ages. And I'd met him in a bar and I was out with my friends and this guy came over and I was just like, holy shit, it's him. And um, (laughs) we started talking and stuff and it turned out that he quite liked me as well. And um, and he said, right, well, we, we were in a place called Brackney, which is like the east end of Glasgow. Um, and he said, well, why don't we go into town? I want to go and like go clubbing or whatever. And I was like, OK, cool. So we ended up in this um, this gay nightclub called Bennett's. And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, my heart sank a wee bit because I thought, oh, no, is he like gay? Am I just like, have I misread this completely? So, <laughs> um but he just liked the place. He really just liked the club because it was cheap drinks and like it was just cool. So that's also amazing that he was open to go there. Yeah, man. My dad mm-hmm. loved gay bars back in the day. He was like, I'd pick up all the the straight women going with their gay friends. It was the best place to go. He was like, great music. I could wear leather. It was fucking great. <laughs> go, dad. It definitely moved them up in my estimations because I was like, this is this guy's cool. Like once I learned that he was straight and he was cool with going to gay bars, I'm like, this is cool. What an yeah. this guy. Mm-hmm. So end up going back to his house. Um, everything's going well. We are like shagging and all that kind of stuff. And then he tells me that he, he's been taking ecstasy tablets. <laughs> I was like, okay. What the fuck? All night? Oh, I didn't even notice that he'd held it. He'd held like, hid it so well so then um, so so we were shagging he's telling me he loves me and all this and I'm like but you've only met me tonight (laughs) like how can you love me um and then he obviously told me about the (laughs) told me about the eckies and stuff and I was just like right okay this is weird now because I'm I was very anti-drugs like Mm -hmm. so and I'm like why did you do that all that stuff um and then he tells me that he thinks he's having a heart attack oh for goodness sake no so scroll down 10 minutes and we're we're having to call an ambulance for him (laughs) oh my god I I expected maybe just like a strider pride the next day and that would be the worst of it but instead of that I'm then in the back of an ambulance with him heading into the royal infirmary he gets hooked up to a heart monitor and he was crying in the bed (laughs) and then he's like could you go and phone my dad and tell him that I'm in hospital they gave me like 50p for the phone. So I was like, oh, I just met this guy. <laughs> and I had to go. I was so hungover, still sore from all the pumping. And I had to go and like pick up this payphone and phone it because it was like way back. I'm 37 nearly. So I had to phone <laughs> and his dad didn't answer. And I had to leave a message on the answer phone and just say, Hi, you don't know me. And but <laughs> like, I'm just a a friend of your son's and he's in the Royal Infirmary now and, and um, he's uh, there's something wrong with his heart <laughs> and then I just hung up and I was like I'm, I'm gonna leave now <laughs> so Shit. I just went, I went home and, uh, and I never saw him again but that was the weirdest experience of my life like wow do, do you know do you know if he had a heart attack I mean it sounds like a panic attack really I think it probably was a panic mm. attack but you know I just, I never, like, hung about to find out. I thought his dad will come up and sort him out or whatever, but this is just too weird for me, so. <laughs> yeah. I See, I, I don't think, uh, doing drugs and having sex is fine, but when you're with somebody and you're not honest about what you're doing, it's like if you were to turn up to a date completely drunk and they weren't, I feel like you have to give them that knowledge that you are going to be that you have been drinking or that you are a little bit drunk or you have taken something because there is that sort of yeah. weird element of dishonesty there that I'm not yeah, so definitely. really keen on. Like 
Yeah. I mean, if he had told you earlier and you're like, oh, yeah, great, can you give me some? And then you could have had a great night. But the fact that he kept it from you, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. No, it was, I don't know either. It was just like, it's as if it was just the norm for him. So yeah. and then for me, he didn't know my stance on drugs at that point. And that point I was like anti-drugs. Mm. I changed in my twenties and, and now like I'm completely straight edge. But um it just it was just an odd thing, you know. I'd never really encountered anyone like because at that point the only thing that I thought about drugs was like if you take ecstasy, your brain will come out your nose because of that <laughs> Leah Bell photo. <laughs> So I don't no. think well, his brain's going to come out his nose. That's what's going to happen to him. But um, really, like it was just, it was just odd. Like why not, why not tell me? And then that really further kind of entrenched those views that drugs are bad because mm, yeah, yeah. he's ending up in hospital and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Weird. I, I wanted to ask um, when we were chatting on the BBC podcast, you mentioned that you were so against sex work. And now that you're a full dominatrix, like, how did you make that transition? So I made that transition the minute I walked into um, Seventh Heaven, a strip bar in Glasgow. Um, I'd always been dead against it. Right up to the very minute that I walked into that place, um, I just, I had all these weird misconceptions. This, you know, it was fueled by insecurity and fear and what I thought about myself or what I thought to be true about myself. Mm. Mm. and I just thought like and you know I had a boyfriend that knew someone who was a stripper as well and he the way he spoke about her wasn't very nice yeah and now that you know, looking back on that I can see that that definitely influenced my views um I mean I used to, yeah. used to watch a lot of porn like way too much and for me, like, I became resentful about that because it got to the point where we weren't even having sex and there was, like, magazines all under the bed. There was a suitcase full of them in his cupboard. Like, oh, it was, it was like, right. at that point or VHS tape. So it was just, like, I felt like that that became, like, a barrier in our relationship. So I think that was part of my resentment. Um, and just the way that he spoke about about women that did that and you know it got to the stage where I used to just cause an argument with them by saying I'm thinking about just doing porn and he'd be like what are you doing why would you do that it's disgusting mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff and um so I carried that with me for a long time and I was working with um I was working in a car garage and I was in town with the guys from work one night just having a few drinks um, and some of them said to me like do you want to go to the, the chicken dippers and I thought we were going for food so I was like, I'm like, yeah, I want food. And um, because I'm like one of these people that when they drink, they just want to eat everything. So I was like, yeah, we'll go for chicken whippers. And they were like, no, no, it's not food. It's like we're going to the strippers. So and and I was like, and my mood just I remember it clearly, my mood just dropped. I was like, no, I'm not going there. Like, it's disgusting. Like, I can't believe you go there, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, oh fucking loosen up, man. Like, it's quite a good night not what you think it is if you don't like it we'll leave and I was like right okay so Mm -hmm. you know the drink did kind of lower my inhibitions a wee bit I suppose but I walked in there and I was I was so uptight you know like my shoulders around my ears just like arms folded pure horrible face on um and I opened the door and I was just seeing all the sparkles and like and all the, the women that were there were just normal women I just built them up in my head so much that they were going to be these like amazing glamazons and they would all look down their nose at me and all this stuff that I'd taught myself. And um, and then we went downstairs and we sat down. It was all table service and a couple of girls came over and one of them was, a few of them had said, like, do you want to dance? And if the guy said no, they just disappeared. So it wasn't like leche or anything like that, or sleazy or seedy, the way that I'd built it up in my own head, mm. ridiculous imagination. And um, and then once I'd calmed down and I realised that everybody was just normal, I was listening to people's conversations and, like, how the girls were selling their dances, and immediately my sales brain kind of kicked in, and I was like, she should ask more open questions. Like, he would definitely have a dance if she showed a wee bit of interest and da 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 mm-hmm. And all these things had to go on, and I'm going, I could make money at this. <laughs> so 
then um, I left the strip club that night and I started looking for dance lessons. I phoned up the club actually the next day and I was like, are you looking for any dancers? And they were like, yeah, but how much experience have you got? And I was like, eh, none. And she says, well, you're going to have to get some dance lessons then because like you need experience. So I phoned, um, she gave me a number to phone and I phoned and I got two lessons on how to do a strip like a pole routine in a lap dance mm-hmm. and then I went nice. an audition a week later um, and they took me on and they said look we'll just not put you in the pole for the first few weeks till you're comfortable um, they, they there was a lady there that helped me like and, and they, she said to me look the best thing to do is just look around you when you're dancing and see if there's any wee moves that you want to incorporate into your routine she said just look at the more experienced girls and you'll get a, more of a feel for it and you'll develop your own kind of style um, and I did, and, and I did really well out of it. And what I noticed is, see, if you say it's your first night, you make so much money. So <laughs> what I used to do is I'd come in on all different nights and I'd, I'd sit down and I'd be like, it's my first night. And <laughs> I would do, I'd, I, it was my first night in every club that I went to because I, I ended up dancing in loads of places all around the world. But every single place wow. that I went to, it was always my first night. <laughs> so that's so good that is such a an amazing kind of story and change and I like I totally see where you were coming from at the beginning like being in a relationship like that and having someone around that uh, I guess in he like watched like a lot of like he was a consumer of sex workers but like had such a bad opinion of them sort of obviously you would take that on board and then you'd also see all that stuff and feel like slightly jealous or something in your relationship yeah and it would definitely um make you feel like a certain way and it it, see it it takes seeing sex workers in real life to understand like what it truly is totally and it's and the thing is like I can't even blame him you know I chose I took that on board so it's my it's my opinion my mindset and I'm happy to take ownership of all of that and I always have um but it was also my responsibility to change that and to find out the truth of the matter rather than um, and it took me a while to do that because I was pretty easily led um I was a chronic people pleaser when I was younger so you know if someone told me to be something I would be it because I just wanted to be yeah. liked and that is something that's had to grow and develop through time and through experience and getting older and, and go and really looking at myself and being very honest with you know what my what my opinions are my thoughts are and where do they come from and are they true um and that's something yeah. that's been good and I think that I think if the world had a wee bit more I'm not perfect at it but if the world had a wee bit more of that a wee bit more of like looking inward instead of outwards then yeah there would be a lot less kind of hostility on things like social media and stuff like that very true but you now have a job where people literally worship you they don't just like you (laughs) they worship you (laughs) fuck number five the fuck that changed the game i would say the fuck that changed me and this is kind of like in a professional sense though is i'd spent all my time training as a dominatrix, really focusing on the dominant side of things, developing and becoming better at verbal, better at um, like my skills and, and better at technical stuff, better at building up layers of things that I was doing. But it occurred to me that I'd never actually seen it th- through the eyes of a sub. And this is the thing that I was saying earlier about trying the subbing thing. So ah. a very, very trusted friend um, says, look, I want, to, I want to see this through the sub's eyes. And a lot of it I'll be honest, I didn't like, but I thought it was really important for me to experience it from that side so that I could be even better as a professional, so that I could put everything in my dungeon and go, well, that's what that feels like, and this is what went through my mind, so maybe it might be similar for them, and how can I make that better? So it it was quite a kind of, it was more of a sort of educational, technical kind of fuck, but... It was, and there was like another, you know, there was a side of it that was just us being us, but um, it definitely made me a much better dom. It also solidified my belief that I'm dominant and I'm not, (laughs) you know, that um, that I like to be the giver, not the 
not the deceiver um to be finished yeah, that, I, I feel like I was gonna say something but I've forgotten what it was so, now did you have any no, questions I've got a lot of new stuff that I haven't tried so mm. um but I would definitely say that's that's made me who I am yeah here. I think that's so important. I think it's so important that anyone that's going to be super dominant in the bedroom, mm-hmm. like they need to know what it all feels like because otherwise you don't know what you're doing yeah. and it's not really safe if you don't really know what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Did we finish? I, I feel like I was going to say something, but I've forgotten what it was now. My brain. Did you have any questions, Reed? I was going to ask about like um your opinion on sex workers rights or like England versus Scotland and sex work well Scotland have just announced their um they're doing a consultation on whether or not to bring in the the Nordic model mm-hmm. so basically what they're doing is they're asking the public to comment and, oh, and to God. decide now that Jesus. becomes that becomes a popularity contest so Mm-hmm. that's dangerous yeah and it's going to be difficult it's going to be a super hard fight um I as the trade union secretary um I'm still working with the dancers because that that's still ongoing so I don't have capacity to fight that on top because obviously I need I need to look after my own energy and my own time so mm-hmm. I've passed that yeah. on to like the the escorts that I know um, and, and said to them, you know, there's there's full support um, if you need it from from GMB, which who who were incredible last year when we fought the dancers campaign. But um, yeah. right now, like it is horribly cruel timing, considering people are on the bones of their backsides mm-hmm. right now, panicking yeah. over COVID. I mean, me personally, like the number of clients that I've got have dwindled right the way down so yeah and then I'm getting cancellations because somebody's got a cough or their kids get a cough or whatever mm-hmm. and it just becomes yeah. like and then they want to just remove clients from from people who are already struggling in the name of saving wow. people like come on mm, it's so <sighs> wow there's an election coming up so it's it's pretty obvious timing um Oh god! But that's really scary during this time when everyone's struggling so much. Is there anything our listeners can do to help the situation? Um, anyone in Scotland, just um, ask people about you know what what do they want and really educate themselves on um, on the Nordic model versus decriminalisation. So Nordic is where you would criminalise all clients. Um, what that does is it, it reduces the pool of clients that are available because a lot of the, the people who don't who are a bit scared of that kind of thing drop. Yeah. Um, what it also does is for the people that are left, nobody wants to give their details in case it's a raid. So then you can um, so then you can't really decipher between a good guy and a bad guy. Um, yeah. because everybody's not given details. What about um, people with disabilities that need sex workers? This is what I said to. Um, this is what I said on the radio, or no, in fact, it was the TV. It was BBC The Nine. That um, if you criminalise all clients, then if it's going to be all clients, then you're going to criminalise people that are vulnerable, people who oh, don't God. have the ability or the you know the the means or whatever to just go on you know, go online dating or go and go to a club, meet mm. somebody in a bar or any of these kind of things. Cause that, you know, it might happen in their world that that's the norm and that's what they get to do. But um we have to remember that just the our our world isn't everyone's world. Like so just like if you've got a problem to solve and there's ten people that need to solve it each one of those 10 people will have a slightly different solution based on the experiences and the thoughts and the, the opinions that they've got in their little bubble of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's when it comes to um, people's opinions on sex work. And that's why it's really mm-hmm. important that you ask the people that are actually doing it rather than just basing it on your little made-up bubble of thinking that you've pulled from different things and, and yeah. you're then putting out there as fact and truth when the fact of the matter is it makes sex work more dangerous um and you know no one wants it so it's just mm, it's, yeah 
so basically now is the time to really be so like proactive by being like pro sex worker Mm -hmm. like talk about sex work normalize it so that it becomes like a normal uh, career in more people's eyes so I guess yeah we just need to open the conversation more don't we yeah absolutely and it's like I mean I'm not wanting everybody to be like you know the absolute blue sky would be all sex workers are seen as like legit jobs and workers and all this kind of stuff and it's you know when it comes to the public it needs to be baby steps it needs to be first of all let's just keep them safe and then we can take the next step from there which is yeah. okay well let's give them some nice premises to work from and let's give them mm-hmm. all rights and let's but when it comes to the public although we've, we're already living in our bubble of I know what this is all about and what we need yeah they're not there yet and they're really not nudging people just along that route and being patient that not you know people need time to pick these ideas up and to understand them and to to allow that to percolate for fuck's sake this week's sex question is i recently told my boyfriend of one year and seven months that i had never finished from penetration as in orgasm. Mm-hmm. He he's obviously very hurt and he thinks that the whole sexual side of our relationship was a waste. However, I don't see it that way. It's going to take a long time to rebuild this part of our relationship and I was hoping that you could offer some advice. I mean, bravo to this girl like actually coming out with her truth and speaking to her because this is a tough subject and that's a very hard thing to do especially after a year and seven months was it to be able to speak to her partner that must have been terrifying to do because you just have no idea how your partner's going to react so fucking kudos on you girl for actually you know grabbing life by the balls and and saying your truth that's it's it's hard and it's really hard to tell someone that oh like you're not making me yeah that's hard so i can see that in the in the sense that if I told my mum that I really, really loved her terrible lasagna every time, you know what she'd do? She'd give me more of that terrible lasagna. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. I think it's really, really important. And it's hard, though, because it's scary because nobody wants to hurt somebody that they love that thinks that they're giving you everything that you need and it's done with the best intention and stuff. It's hard to say, actually, that doesn't work for me. So yeah I I think that she's she's such a brave soul for doing that but our sex life will be better but then I think the next step needs to be well what does work for her Mm -hmm. and yeah can to you know really explore that side and figure it out and for him it can he throw the baby out with the bathwater it's one tiny little part of the relationship like there's that's an opportunity to grow and it's an and it's nothing personal on him it doesn't mean that like his dick's shit or anything like that they've just they just need to find a new way of like making this happen and also exactly not really you know nothing on him but I don't know why he hasn't checked or this hasn't just been an open conversation from the beginning why well they haven't had uh, I mean I I know why because they haven't been given the tools or the right education for it um Mm. I mean why hasn't he gone like oh did did you come this time was that good for you was there something I can do better um I noticed you were a little bit quiet or um what does an orgasm feel like for you and then it's like oh I actually don't know there's a lot of things that could have been said but it does sound like a a shit situation that hopefully now can change for the better but it sounds like you would have probably have hurt his pride and it's whether or not he has the confidence within him to be able to like take that brat back bring that back into the relationship and end up having great sex with you yeah I think it's worth maybe when you're sort of trying to rebuild your sex life focus on the positive things that he did do mm-hmm. and then build from there be like I really liked it when you did this but you could have like we could just do that a little bit longer or like we could do this then afterwards and I think for his ego's sake let's butter him up a little bit in when when uh when we're rebuilding things but it's it is going to be a bit of a long game of communication and learning how to communicate with each other properly because basically you've gone a year and seven months without communicating with him mm, and yeah like- that's going to be hard for him to hear 
Yeah, positive affirmation is always the best way forward. It's just saying, I really like that. Do more of that. Keep doing that. Um, yeah. it, but it also yeah. depends on like how you are in bed as well. Like, if you're a very loud person in bed, then maybe all this time he genuinely thought you were having an orgasm. Um, maybe make it, maybe make it your prerogative that if you do actually come or if you're close, I verbalize it. I say like, oh my God, I'm so close. Or I, I can feel like I'm getting there. Like, oh, I, I was almost there, but it's just reset. Or like, I am coming. This is amazing. I am telling you that I'm coming because sometimes my orgasms just sound exactly like normal, regular pleasure. Yeah, very true. I can orgasm silently. Yeah, like, yeah, quite yeah a lot silently. Of the time. I'm just like, I, I, <laughs> yeah. Last time I was, li- I was literally like whispering, like, "I'm coming, I am coming. <laughs> this is what's happening." And he was just looking at me like, "What?" <laughs> oh, you could, you could just shout, "Fuck's sake, fucking bastards!" Yeah, <laughs> fucking bastard, get out! High five. Well, unfortunately, it is time for us to fuck off. Mm. But Megara, thank you so much thank for being here. Oh, we we never heard the story behind your name. Oh, uh, so Greek mythology. <laughs> I was told about the my name. I wanted alliteration, so M M Mistress Megara. And then I thought maybe then maybe I want a surname. I don't know. So I was looking at uh, I was looking at minerals from geology because I was studying geology at the time and I was looking at malachite and all these different things and then um, I was on I ended up in Greek mythology for some reason and there's three sisters there's Megara um, there's Tisiphone and there's Alecto and those three sisters were sent down by the gods to punish men to the point where they wanted to kill (laughs) themselves because they've done bad things not to kill them but just to cause them extreme pain and I was like oh my wow (laughs) So they were That's called the, the Furies or the Arinyes. Um They started off as baddies and then because they did such good work with punishing all the men, they then became hailed as like semi-god heroes. And um, I chose Megara because it had that alliteration in it. So Megara, yeah. I love So good. Uh, imagine that, like three goddesses sent down to punish men. Literal dominatrixes. Yeah, literal. <laughs> and then they were awarded for it. How amazing. No. <laughs> I mean, that's not a very feminist way to look at life, really. Where's where's my three men coming down to punish punish the bad women? I want some yeah. three gods. That, that sounds good. Send, send Ooh, all three, three of them. them my bedroom please <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on your stories were amazing oh, can you, you tell our curious fuckers where to find you oh in several places um there's for the domination side of things you can get me at mistressglasgow.co.uk or twitter at megara fury my instagram is i love megara which is easy and it's nice to type and then <laughs> for the coaching side of things, you can get me on dominantmindsetcoaching.com and you can book a free consultation. They'll make a plan up for you and then we'll get cracking. So, yeah, it'll be good, good to see people. Amazing. Beautiful. <laughs> I, hope, you. I hope people do contact you. I bet you they will just to just uh, to yeah. see, see your beautiful face and get some whipping in there. Yeah, that'd be good. Well, have an amazing day and I will speak to you soon. Thank you so much, my lovelies. Um, Guys, uh, thanks for listening to us today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, please share it around. Spread it like the STI we know you guys got. And give us a rating and a review. And I'm going to say this again. Please, if you're listening to on (laughs) Apple Podcasts, give us a rating because we had some trog leaving us one stars and bad comments. And we all know that's not the general gist of what you'll think maybe it is man maybe the three three goddesses are coming down to go find him yeah so anyway if you love this podcast please just take a second to leave a rating and a review we would love you forever and if you have a story or a sex question please email it in at fks given podcast at gmail.com mm, especially if you guys are super fans of the podcast we will be having a patreon out where you get loads of extra juicy content Ooh. from florence and i we cannot wait until it launches so keep your ears 
peeled. If it hasn't launched already, I don't know whether or not we'll have like a little advert slipped in at the front <laughs> of this, to be honest. But uh, other than that, we will all, you'll hear us next next week, next Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Goodbye, curious buckles. Goodbye. Root Insurance is all about you and how you drive. In fact, that's the number one factor we use to give you a better price, which puts you in control. Just download the Root app, hit the road, and we'll take care of the rest. The app measures your driving behavior and gives you a custom rate based primarily on your driving. The better you drive, the better your rate. It's car insurance made for you. Visit joinroot.com today to get started. Disclaimers may apply. See joinroot.com for details. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.